A lot of people uh, in the Senate, like Senator Cardin, know a lot of things that just <laughs> unfortunately are not true. If you espouse hate, if you espouse violence, you're not protected under the First Amendment. So I think we can be more aggressive in the way that we handle that type of use of the Internet. We know that Europe has done things. I think we have to learn from each other. Right. Uh, Yeah, it is against the law to threaten people. It is not against the law to say you hate somebody. Uh, It's not against the First Amendment to espouse hate. And there's a big reason for that, because who is to say what's hateful? Well, here's what we're learning, and it is inarguable. Uh, The fact of the matter is this. The Twitter files prove that America is not a free media society. Does anyone for five seconds think that this is a brand new thing, that government is censoring people, just brand new, and coordinating with companies? Does anyone think that for all these years, knowing what we know now, that the FBI and the DHS and others have left the Mockingbird media alone? No. Because there has to be a reason beyond ideology that so-called reporters whose livings depend or used to on the First Amendment are silent on the Twitter files. It gets no airtime. Could it be? That's because the same dynamic exists in media that it does here in the Twitter files. That's my thesis. Here is my opinion about all this. Most of the Mockingbird media, most of the media are Mockingbirds, and most of them are traitors. Can I prove the point? Let's dig into that with the help of the friends from HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Happy 2023, and you do not live in a free society. We have gotten to be more and more like East Germany, and it happens, well, it's happened for decades. And I didn't start using the phrase Mockingbird Media because of the CIA project Mockingbird. It was more about the Hunger Games and about them repeating and mindlessly repeating the things they were told to repeat. And yet these things do, they do complement one another, don't they? Mockingbird Media Project and Mockingbird, they they complement each other. There's a psychologist um, who is on Fox, we'll get to some of this. He says, quote, I'm a psychologist and the Twitter files are the perfect storm of psychology and society's rules. Twitter's shadow banning and censorship upended our sense of fairness and feeling that we're all being played by the not all being played by the same rules. That's a fascinating take on this. And what he's saying is that people's gut instinct was something is wrong. Something is horribly wrong. And the Twitter files prove it. And he goes in to talk about what has been going on, which is the gaslighting 
and the causing people to doubt that what is right before their face. And it goes so far back for me when you go all the way back into what they actually have done to the human mind in America. We're at that point where literal truth in arguable fact is now debated. In arguable fact, like an orange is not a grapefruit. That is now debatable. And it's been a long time coming and we're here now. And Elon Musk, whether it's purposeful or it's, it's, it's happenstantial, Elon Musk has done a, the, perhaps the greatest service uh, to the American people outside of the, the policies of, of, of President Trump and outside of the heroics of first responders in our military in terms of a human being. And I pray that the Lord is calling Elon to himself. I I really do, because what he has shown is so very biblical. It really is. And it speaks to the construct of the American society. And that, that construct is not what it's supposed to be. The reason for the free press was to hold government to account. It was to make sure that we can address grievances against the government. It was to make sure that the power to distribute thought was never held in the hands of government. That's, that's why it went down to this pamphleteering. It's, it's such a weird phrase for us to think of pamphleteering, but they had their social media. When our founders were writing letters to one another and, yes, uh, you know, distributing pamphlets, to society, that was their form of social media. Okay, so it couldn't be shared and liked, but it could be discussed in pubs and churches and in people's homes, and it was. And I don't think for a second that the people who run uh, the government have lost track of the fact that that also led to a revolution. Because people were able to share thoughts like, wait, do we any longer believe in natural law? Because natural law would dictate that when one family gets to be dictators over all other people by virtue of of their, their genealogy, that would run against natural law. That's that that cannot stand. And then you get to the more tactical equations of things like, wait, we're taxed, but we have no representatives? We can't even really appeal to the king? We can't even go into the house? We have no representative, but they're taxing us? And it was those pamphlets that were distributed and read and discussed that led to the revolution. Let's not forget and I got this handed to me uh, in, in a pretty dramatic way when we went uh, when we went to Colonial uh, to Colonial Williamsburg. I just about said Columbusburg. Well, I don't know why. <laughs> the whole time, the whole time that we were there with our daughter, uh, she continued to call Colonial Williamsburg Colonial Columbusburg, and it made sense. She was a little girl, right? Columbus, right? Uh, and we went to Colonial Williamsburg, which is where the revolution was announced where the Declaration of Independence was announced. We're going, not the Declaration of Independence, but the, the intent to uh, have a revolution was announced. And in Colonial Williamsburg, uh, they had an actor playing George Washington. 
And you got to ask him questions. So I stood up and asked him. And at this point, he was playing young George Washington prior to being General Washington, still just citizen Washington. And I said, yeah, um, do you think that we should separate from the, 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 the crown? And the actress said, sir, I am a loyal subject of the crown. And you speak of treason. And that was his mindset. But it was the social media of the time and the discussion of the time that led to that revolution. Well, they can't allow those feelings to coalesce here, even if it's a peaceful revolution. So they have gone into media. Now, are we honestly to believe that sometime in the last five years, these guys said, hey, what if we went and infiltrated these social media companies? Because we could never do that to TV. We would never do that to newspaper. Because that would be wrong. Only because we can talk to one another. We've been able to talk to one another our whole lives. And never forget that these people had the fairness doctrine installed in radio. They have been begging and scraping and trying to figure out how to bring it back. And to some degree, they've succeeded. To some degree, I don't know why. I have no idea the genesis of this. What I tell you is that many of your favorite conservative, I don't know many, some of your favorite conservative radio hosts are held to speech standards that include opinion. They are not allowed to say the election was stolen. They are not allowed to say the election was rigged. They are not allowed to say fake news. They are not allowed to appear angry, whatever that means. And some very tight controls also on how you are able to critique government when it relates to public health. That's installed. Now, again, I have no idea the genesis. I have no no reason to believe that it came from government. I have no reason to believe it didn't. And did I say it's biblical? Psalm 10, no, pardon me, Psalm 101, verse 7. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. And we'll get to more from the Bible on this. So Elon Musk has pushed back against the DHS, and he did it in pretty Muskian style. He said to Alex Stamos, And we'll get into who Alex Stamos is. You've heard about him on the show before. He's one of the founders of the Election Integrity Project, which has nothing to do with election integrity. It has everything to do with election outcomes. It has everything to do with making sure that the pamphleteering of people in the modern modern town square, which is Twitter, which is Facebook, it has everything to do with banning certain topics from reaching any form of critical mass. That's why the king wanted to stop the pamphleteering. If you guys want to sit around in your pubs and you want to foment revolution amongst yourselves, okay. But when you start pamphleteering, when you start handing it out, that stuff can replicate. People don't have to be there to hear your brilliance or or, or your great rhetoric. They can read it. That's why he was going after that. That's why the First Amendment protects pamphleteering. Twitter is pamphleteering. It is the same thing with a digital bent. 
Same reason that our governments or our founders decided the people of the country are allowed to own the same types of firearms that the government owns. In fact, in fact, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the state, we're going to have the militias bring their own weapons to war. Well-regulated meant well-turned out, well-equipped. They did not want a standing army. Why? Because the standing army would have worked for the executive and does. So the idea of the militia bringing their own arms was they get to take them home. Because at this point, they've decided to to fight on the side of government. Next time, it might not be that way if the government doesn't keep itself in check. Second Amendment, of course, exists to protect the First Amendment. Said another way, the Second Amendment exists just in case the First Amendment fails. How would the First Amendment fail? When you are no longer allowed to speak truth to power, and that's what Alex Stamos at the Election Integrity Project does in my mind. Well, it's not even in my mind. You can read it in the show notes. So Elon Musk said it flat out. On Twitter, he wrote to Alex Stamelson and said, quote, you operate a propaganda platform, and he does. What we've learned through the Election Integrity Project is about more about the Election uh, Integrity Project and more about CISA, which we've talked about on this program before. That was a government program, and its stated mission was to protect people from cybersecurity threats from hostile countries, And now we know that mission has completely metastasized. And now we know from the Twitter files that it's been going on for a long time. And now we know all this time afterwards that no one in the Mockingbird media is all that interested in taking any of this into account. There are four major stakeholder groups who are working to rig American elections by rigging what Americans know, by making sure that the modern pamphlet showing in detail why Tony Fauci lied, showing in detail why, heck yes, we need to question the election outcome, why, yes, there was rigging of the election. Those things can never reach critical mass. You can't allow enough people to understand that the word transgender means nothing. It is a flat-out lie. You can't allow that to reach critical mass. Here are the four major stakeholders. You have in government the Elections Infrastructure Project, the CISA and GEC from the the government, in the civil society, so-called AARP, NAACP, some groups you've heard of there, others we haven't, SQUIT and MITRE, the platforms we all know. Facebook, Twitter, Google, TikTok, Reddit, Nextdoor, Pinterest, and others, and the media. These are the same groups that collaborate with the EIP. It's not in question that they collaborate. We know they collaborate. What we know through the latest Twitter you know, Twitter files dump is to the degree which they collaborate, and it is not it's not limited to elections. It's not limited to Ukraine. It's anything the government doesn't like. 
that they cannot allow to reach critical mass. <clears throat> and this is a report or comes from a report for the Freedom, uh, the Foundation for Freedom Online, which is a nonprofit funded by Mike Benz. We've talked about this on the program before. We've talked about the scope of this before. Here's what's new. It was never just elections. It was never just COVID. It is hacking people's minds. And if that's not self-evidence in an era where people are, are saying the exact analog of a dog is a cat, then I don't know how to make it any more clear. And they bragged about what they were doing. And I've said before on the program, what fun is being a psychopath if you don't get to brag about what you're doing? And so we'll get into that. But the bait and switch around all this is absolutely classic. It's for the children. We've heard that before. It's two weeks to lower the to, to flatten the curve. We all know that one. These are people who just, they just need a place to pee. That's all. It's just just some people they don't have any place to go to the bathroom, so they have to pee themselves. That was the opening of the the so called transgender lie. That was how they pitched it. Oh, it's we just need to go pee. That's it. I mean, who would not want a human being able to go pee? That's that's how they pitched it. And that's how it got into people's minds. See, they crack the door open, don't they? Look, we just, we just want to be able to visit our, our domestic partners in the hospital, which people should be able to do. Of course, people should be able to go to the bathroom and relieve themselves. No one thinks otherwise. But then they crack the door open. And then they walk through the door. So in this case, the bait and switch went from, oh, we're, we're, we're looking at... Uh, we're looking to make sure that Russia is, isn't hacking elections. It's, it's, it's foreign disinformation. That's, that's, that's what we're about. And then it became something else. What the Russians have done is weaponized uh, social media. The issue is not just the Russians, but frankly, d- domestic disinformation. How do you think that they've weaponized social media? Literally using it to manipulate public opinion, to put stories out that are biased or phony in order to drive public opinion a certain way. Probably more domestic generation of disinformation content that's occurring in foreign. Frankly, I think in, in 2016, it wasn't that clear that the Russian efforts in terms of the actual persuasiveness of the content was all that sophisticated. I think what the Russians may well have learned is they don't have to make the content up. We have people in the U.S. who will do it. There's really two totally different disinformation attacks okay. in 2016. The Internet Research Agency created these personas to... Uh, take over existing groups in the United States. And then once they had established that, they would then try to push the most radical possible position. I think we talk way too much about foreign influence. I'm going to be honest. I think we talk way too much about it because it's sexy and it's fun and it's, it's a little bit cold worry. Um, but the truth is that the vast majority of these problems of kind of the problems in our information environment are domestic problems. Boom. There are problems in how... Uh, we interact with each other of the Boom. norms that have been created about online political speech, uh, about amplification issues, uh, about Pam how Fitzgerald. now politicians are utilizing platforms. And so I, I think uh, we, we have like an 80-20 breakdown of 80% we talk about foreign and 20 domestic. I think that needs to be flipped. The Kremlin's influence operations has a particular resonance for me because 
in June of 2016, I broke the story of the Russian hack of the Democratic National Committee. Even though I'm Which a happen. national security reporter and a little more focused on the foreign side, I, I think the most significant immediate threat to the 2020 election is the domestic threat, domestic infer- disinformation, domestic influence, whatever you want to call it. We are lost. It's just because of this little, little bitty pinprick that was put in by a foreign country. It's overwhelmingly more domestic than foreign Uh, This time around in 2020, they must wonder what they could possibly say that would change anyone's mind that's not already being said in the American landscape. Twitter and Facebook are nothing more than fancy pamphleteering. Nothing more. I mean, I know there's the data, there's the spying. I get that. But from a communication perspective, it's fancy pamphleteering. The people who are censoring it and using it that way are nothing more than brutal dictators who think they should be king. So I had a really successful um, two weeks in launching the fat loss. Um, so I just about said jihad. Can we say that now? Is it okay to say that as jokes? <laughs> I remember when people used to be able to say jihad, and then you couldn't. I'm not clear on the rules. So if this ad is getting banned, just know, or this, this partner announcement, it's because I said jihad. Uh, I dropped about five pounds of unwanted fat in about 10 days. And I'm fairly happy with that. And I'm doing this, I'm doing this for, I, I said this to a buddy of mine who is a, was a big time wrestler, Olympic guy. Um, uh, and I said this to him at dinner the other night. He said, what? 8% why? I told him I want to be able to do gymnastics better. I want to know what it's like to, to beat 8%. What does it feel like to go through gymnastics at, at, in, in my mid-50s? I dig it. I want to walk on my hands again. I mean, we can relate to that, but that doesn't need to be your why. and probably isn't because I'm lunatic in that way. But what is your why as you're staring 2023 in the face? What do you want back? What has excess body fat taken from you? Sometimes you don't know until you start to really think about it. When you were, let's say in my case, I was 150 pounds heavier. There were things I couldn't do. There's a lot of things I can do now that I couldn't do then. One of them is sleep well. Another is taste foods properly. Another is to smell pine trees. And to be able to smell flowers, well, why was that a problem? Because when you are carrying a lot of extra fat on your body, it goes way up into your beak. True story. Prevents you from being able to, to, to have a great sense of smell or a natural sense of smell. The sleep stuff, you can't breathe. Because you have all this visceral fat inside your body. That's why you're tossing and turning with too much uh, fat on your body. Not to mention the effect that has on your heart and your lungs and can lead to disease. Now, but what this, but what's been taken from you that you want back? How quickly can you get it back? Let me ask you that question. How permanently can you have it back? Those are the twin aspects of soda weight loss at sodaweightloss.com that I so admire. And the evidence is absolutely crystal clear. They do this for people. How quickly can you lose the unwanted fat? They will tell you. They've measured it for years and years. They'll tell you. How does that equate to cost? They'll tell you that. Make sure as you do that analysis, you remember they're going to be supplying most of the food. And how well can you keep it off? Well, their maintenance program is rock solid. 
That's where they lock in the weight loss. It's SodaWeightLoss.com, S-O-T-A, WeightLoss.com. They aren't shy about saying that they're doing what governments cannot do on their own. I think EIP really helped push the envelope with things like uh, just the notion that this pre this delegitimization of electoral processes that we were seeing in the summer and early fall, that this should be against content moderation policies on these platforms. And they began to take proactive steps there. We did get industry partners to push the envelope a little bit in the U.S. context. But how can a similar kind of pressure and responsiveness uh, be elicited from platforms when it's not uh, a U.S. election with huge regulatory stakes for these companies? You know, on effectively pushing the platforms to do stuff. So yes, there's a basic problem that they will always be more responsive in the places that are both economically highly important and that have huge potential regulatory impact. Most notably right now, that would be the United States and Europe. My suggestion is if people want to get the, the platforms to do stuff is first, you got to push for written policies that are specific and that give you predictability, right? And so this is something we started in the summer in August is, as Kate talked about, Carly Miller led a team from, from all four institutions to look at the detailed policies of the big platforms and to measure them against situations that we expected to happen. Now, we're not going to take credit for all the changes they made, but we had to update this thing like eight or nine times, right? And so like putting these people in a grid to say, you're not handling this, you're not handling this, not handling this, creates a lot of pressure inside of the companies and forces them to kind of grapple with these issues because you want specific policies that you can hold them accountable for. The second is when you report stuff to them, report how it's violating those written policies, right? So there's two steps here, get good policies and then say, this is how it's violating it. We will have our statistics, right? But I think we were pretty effective in getting them to act on things that they hadn't acted on before. EIP, the federal government's disinformation partner via DHS, brags about getting social media companies to expand their censorship policies to block First Amendment protected speech critiquing the legitimacy of election processes. That's exactly what they did. Now let's break down what we're talking about here. Did that sound like partnership? Did that sound like suggestions? Or inquiries. No, it's giving orders. Who in the Mockingbird media is talking about the insane increase in all-cause mortality in the kill-off? And we will talk about the kill-off, the great kill-off, in Hour 2 today. Because the great kill-off is underway. It's inarguable. It is utterly inarguable that since the introduction of the mRNA injections, people are dying in record numbers. Including, and I'll tell you about this, a six-year-old girl who died from myocarditis. A young hockey player, 16 or 17 years old, died of a heart attack. Kids don't die of heart attacks. Where is this being discussed in the Mockingbird media? Why isn't it being discussed? You just go through and replace what that guy was just talking about, Alex Stamos. And he's one of the founders of the Election Integrity Project. And he used to work in government. He's as mobbed up as mobbed up can be. You just replace election integrity, delegitimizing elections. You just replace elections with public health. And then you replace it with, um, with, with national security. And then you replace it with border security. And then you replace it with gender ideology. That's exactly what they're doing. They are enforcing rules. 
on TV, no one's talking about the fact that hormone blockers aren't reversible. No one's talking about the fact that BlackRock just got a sweet, sweet deal to do business with Ukraine with your money. No one is questioning, wait a minute, how did Sam Bankman-Fried come up with $250 million in bail? He said he was bankrupt. No one is questioning these things. No one is questioning the big kill-off. No one is questioning the fact that people who are getting boosted with the mRNA trash are losing their immune systems. No one is questioning that. That is unnatural behavior. Reporters are people who are genetically sort of described, designed to go dig for truth, no matter where truth leads. That's not getting talked about. The Kerry Lake lawsuit is not getting discussed in any proper sense. They're simply just saying a judge dismissed her concerns. They're not talking about what the judge actually did. What the judge actually did is said, I don't care where these ballots came from. No one has to prove that the ballots came from anywhere. No one has to prove that they didn't come in after the election. No one has to prove that they were actually voted in that district. The judge said, Carrie Lake, you have to get inside people's heads. And you have to prove that they their incompetence was designed to harm the Republican vote. Yes, there was incompetence. Yes, the printers didn't work. Yes, the ballots didn't fit. That doesn't matter. That stuff's not reported, and it takes us back to the Election Integrity Project. So if you break it down block by block, and this is a great write-up on this. So the Election Integrity Project is made up of about four organizations. The Stanford Internet Observatory, that's SIO, University of Washington Center for an Informed Public. And by the way, remember, the University of Washington are liars. They lied about a study in introducing wrong sex hormones to kids. And my, my friend, former colleague Jason Rance, has the proof that they knew their study was a lie. And they decided to let the lie perpetrate, continue to be spread, pamphleteered. Because only right wing media was talking about it. So the University of Washington is part of this. The Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab and Grafika, a social media analytics company. So they published a report on a censorship of the 2020 election, the long fuse misinformation in the 2020 election, which describes how the public-private censorship consortium was found, formed in 2020, summer of, to monitor and correct election mis- and disinformation. So they partnered with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency. That's the federal government a branch of Department on Homeland Security, the State Department's Global Engagement Center, the DHS-backed Election Infrastructure Information Sharing and Analysis Center, and during the 2020 election cycle, they operated a technocratic thought police forwarding tickets of misinformation and disinformation to social media companies. This is from kencoa.substack.com. And they built communication portals into... This isn't phone calls. It's not an email. They built communication portals into Facebook, Twitter, Google, TikTok, Reddit, and Discord. And then they brought in people like the NAACP, Common Cause, the Democrat National Committee, Harvard's Defending Digital Democracy Project, which is co-founded by Hillary Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook. 
that brought them all in together. All in all, they added up to 120 analysts monitoring social media 20 hours a day. To do what? To make sure that pamphlets that said things like, why is it that all the things we said would happen with mail-in voting are happening? Why is it that we said, you watch, it will come to pass that Democrats will always catch up in the end. You watch, it will come to pass that there's going to be a bunch of ballots that no one can prove the origin of. No one can prove where they came from. You watch, there's going to be entire states that flip. You watch, there's going to be states where Republican never wins again. Why were we all right on that? Uh, there's just been a great... It's just flood of people coming in here since we we uh, I got an opportunity to fill in for um, uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, and this is phenomenal. I I I am I am floored. Uh, I was talking to John from Alan Soaps, AlanSoaps.com slash Todd, and there are people who are ordering. They they heard me on Clay and Buck. They have adopted the podcast. <laughs> and they're going straight to Allen Soaps and purchasing the product and leaving a note and communicating with the team there saying, hey, I've missed Todd since he was on Rush, God rest him, and I want to support the program. I, I'm, I'm, I have all, nothing but gratitude. What, what, what could I possibly say? So if you're new to the program and you came in through Clay and Buck, number one, thank you, Clay and Buck. Number two, thank you, God, for bringing us together. Well, number one, thank you, God, for bringing us together. Let me do that in reverse. Thank you. And here's the quick story of Alan Soaps. When you hear the, th- when you hear the phrase Alan Soaps, Alan is a young man. He is now 12 years old, and you probably could never speak with him because he can't form full sentences uh, because he's got such severe autism. Um, and you will notice that he moves differently than other kids because he has a lot of structural health challenges. Uh, which have led to seven surgeries, some very, very serious surgeries. And still, he is a joyful kid who works at Allen Soaps in the following ways. Quality control, packaging, and the creation of new product. The scents you're going to find, the fragrances of soaps at Allen Soaps, many of them came out of the mind of this young man. He can't communicate the way we do, so one of the ways he communicates is through the artwork of the soap and the very, very vibrant fragrances. They've partnered with a family that has three generations, three generations of soap-making expertise, all the way from the old countries, they say. The soaps are all natural. They're all made in America. They're all very gentle on the skin because Alan's skin can't handle anything else. That's the quick story. The payoff is this. If you want to try the soap and continue to, to buy it, you can subscribe. You can just try it first at alansoaps.com slash Todd. You get 10% off everything there when you use my name as the promo code. alansoaps.com slash Todd. Use my name, Todd. Yeah, so these people aren't the least bit shy about what they've done and what they're doing and that it was a government agency after agency. Four government agencies said, oh, sure, we'll partner with you to stop pamphleteering of legitimate questions and legitimate skepticism. There was a lack of capability around election disinformation. Um, This is not because CISA 
didn't care about disinformation, but at the time they lacked uh, both kind of the funding and the legal authorizations um, to go do the kinds of work that would be necessary to truly understand how election disinformation was operating. So because of the feedback uh, and the ideas from these uh, this group, um, we were able to pull together pretty quickly a project between these four different institutions to try to fill the gap of the things that the government cannot do themselves. Uh, there are kind of four major stakeholders that we operated with uh, that we worked beside at EIP. Uh, our partners in government, most particularly those in CISA, DHS, but also in all the local and state governments with whom we operated with, with the election integrity uh, infrastructure ISAC. Um, we worked with civil society groups, such as the uh, NAACP, uh, MITRE, Common Cause, uh, and the, the Healthy Elections Project that worked at both MIT and Stanford. Uh, and then we also worked with the major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, Nextdoor, and the like. Um, in some of those cases, we had agreements for access to data. In other cases, we had to have individual analysts go work with them. He, he right there convicts the governments and himself of an illegality. He, by saying the government lacked the legal authority to do what needed to be done, so we filled the gap. That is the very thing that turns a company into an actor of the state. When the government hires a company to do what it cannot legally do, the government is breaking the law and they're breaking and trampling the First Amendment. Where is this in the Mockingbird media? Why will they not criticize it? Why will they not publicize it? My theory, because they're doing the same exact thing. And they know it. And they know that they are told you are not to report this. Guys, I, I, man, someday, someday I'm going to tell the whole complete story. I pray all the time about naming names. I, I am so near to naming names uh, in terms of the investigative reporters who told me they could not report on the chemical and surgical mutilation of children, that they could not report on the medical kidnapping of children to do that by the state in partnership with organizations like Children's Hospital and like Mary Bridge in both of those in the separate country of Washington. There's a reason I don't. And it is because the families that came to me and said, could you please help get this story out? Those reporters have kept their word. They have not outed those families. And since they've kept their word, I'm keeping mine. But I am telling you again, that story was spiked. 100% spiked. And these are some of the same organizations that have the speech codes on radio hosts. We're looking at a controlled media environment. And if you are a reporter and you're putting up with this, you are a traitor to the country. If you are partnering with private organizations to let them do what the government is bound by the Constitution to never do. You are a traitor. 
Every person involved in this project is a traitor to the Constitution, which makes them a traitor to the country. And they tried to make it all very complicated. Oh, it's, it's spreading and it's viral, but it can go viral. So could pamphlets. They could also go viral. How? People read something and they say, this is this Sam Adams or this, uh, um, you know, this thought by Ben Franklin. This stuff is, and some of it had to be anonymous. They can read that and go, I love this. I'm going to print my own copies. And it happened. People who could afford to get stuff printed could take those pamphlets and say, I want this distributed, and it went viral. It couldn't go viral as quickly, but it went viral. That's the same thing. And it was the king who wanted that stopped. And it's the same thing here. It's the kings who want it stopped. If you cannot sustain, if you cannot stand questioning around what you have said you have done, then it's something you ought not have done. And again, this is biblical. Again, God is so, so clear on this. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, uh, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord amongst his brothers. Luke chapter 8, verse 17, For nothing is hidden that will not made, uh, not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and, t- and come to light. This is in light now. This truth has the opportunity to make us free. And we are free. Because we are, we are servants of the king, we're free. But we're also free this way. We know what they've been trying to do. We know that it's about gaslighting. And I want to get to what this psychologist said uh, on Fox because I think it's a really, really good way to formulate these thoughts. But we, uh, it, oh, let me do this. Let me just do this real quick. Then I want to run, remind you that there were people who went after CNN, liberals, who went after CNN for this stuff, liberals. So it can be done. And guess what? The lady didn't get to go back on. She didn't get to continue her thought. They didn't bring her on and say, hey, that's interesting. Let's do more of this. Oh, she can probably still go on and talk about the Green Party. Do you remember remember Fox News? Hey, 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 we don't talk about George Soros here. Remember that? They did that to Newt Gingrich. What? We don't talk about George Soros here. We don't? Fox News. So the my pillow sheets, the dream sheets. Do you have these? Do you? If not, let me tell you about these. You know that Mike Lindell's passion uh, is to make sure that 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 people sleep well and that they stay asleep. And the way that that came about, I think I've told you, is the fact that Mike Lindell couldn't sleep. And the reason that he couldn't sleep was because he'd screwed his life up. And the way that he screwed his life up was uh, pretty dramatic. Mike could become involved in all the ways he would be. <laughs> I want to say all the ways. That's unfair. But if it involved, uh, if it involved intake of, uh, of things to, to get you drunk or high, Mike was doing it. 
And if it involved the outflow of money in gambling, Mike was doing that. And the Lord came and rescued him. And the rest is now history. But there's more to the story because we're still living. And so is Mike, thank the Lord. He has now the, the, the new Giza Dream Sheets from MyPillow as low as twenty nine ninety eight, And this is a New Year's special event. And I describe these sheets as they keep their coolness. And then I found out there's a better way to say that. It's the breathability that comes from this cotton that is grown in the Mediterranean, a very, very small area of the Mediterranean, very special cotton in that way, because it provides this breathability, which makes sure the sheets stay cool, even if you're packed up in blankets. Because much to my wife's uh, displeasure, I like an open window, even when it's pretty cold. He is now has a 60-day money-back guarantee on these. Okay, that's nice, but there's a 10-year warranty. 10 years. So shop the New Year's special at MyPillow.com and use promo code Todd to get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including blankets and comforters. So go to MyPillow.com and use Todd as a promo code. MyPillow.com, use Todd as the promo code to get these very, very special prices. MyPillow.com, use promo code Todd to get huge discounts on all my pillow products, including blankets and pillows and comforters in the Giza Dream bed sheets, as low as $29.98. But it is a New Year's special. I don't know how long that one's going to last. So all the pieces are in place. It's a platform, it's done at scale, but we're not, we're, we're asked to believe that this could never happen. We're asked to believe that the Mockingbird media doesn't have anything like this going on at the government. I'm sorry, I don't believe it. I believe that 90% of our media is controlled. Um, look, Jill, I want to turn to Russia now, and the reason I sure. want to do that is because you may have been very important to Hillary Clinton's uh, loss in crucial states in 2016, and I don't say that negatively. I just I say you ran. So. You ran when you look at the margins in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Wisconsin. The amount of votes you got, Jill, was greater than Trump's margin of victory. Okay, tonight. Okay, can I respond to that? Because that is that is the essence of the smear campaign. No, it's not a smear campaign. No, no, no. Let me, let me finish my point. But it's I, false. I'm simply, it is false. It's, it's not false. Those facts. are the numbers. It's true. No, but but you're you saying know, you shouldn't be maligned for it. I'm not maligning you for it, Joe. Joe, hold on. Let me make my point. I'm not maligning you for it. I'm simply saying you were important and and you got more votes than the margin of victory. It is what it is. Well, I think that is purely uh, wishful thinking because there are good. There's so, so it's the important numbers, to look at the facts. Democrats don't own green votes, and in fact. Polls, exit polls were done, they including by CBS. I'm simply saying you got others. more votes than Donald Trump's margin of victory. I don't care whether you were for the pink, blue, and purple party. It doesn't matter. You got more votes. And and, and I want to, and the reason I think but it's important. remember, 100 million people didn't vote at all. And I agree so with I you. Think you can I just completely say agree that those green votes belong to Democrats. That's a, you know, that's a problem then the maybe they, of Democrats. Which then is maybe why Donald Trump's margin would have been double what it was, is what you're saying. But th- let, me, let me get to the reason I'm asking you the question, Jill. Because in a new filing tonight, Robert Mueller is saying there's a pro-Russian Twitter account that used information from his criminal case to discredit the Russian investigation. So they took this information out there. They're trying to discredit the Russian investigation. It is the same Russian troll farm that attempted to meddle in the 2016 election, the same Russian troll farm that a recent report prepared for the Senate Intelligence Committee concluded tried to help you with social media posts. Not at your behest, but tried to help you. And did you know that that same uh, cybersecurity firm, the new knowledge firm, shortly after putting out their report, which should be repudiated by the Senate committee because they were exposed, within a week by the New York Times for conducting a false flag Russian interference campaign in the
the 2017 Senate election. So you can't just take this stuff at face value. You've got to look at well, it. Well, the and Senate Intelligence Committee has not at all repudiated this, not Democrats or Republicans. Well, they should. This is the report that you they know, have. Just go Google the new knowledge uh, cybersecurity report, and you'll see that they conducted a false flag Russian interference campaign. And the CEO of New Knowledge uh, has been deplatformed by Facebook for interfering in our elections. Mm -hmm. So you can't just take this stuff at face value, unfortunately. And here's the kind of stuff okay. that they claimed. If you can see this, this is like Jesus, if okay. you agree with him. These are the kinds of incredibly inept uh, postings that were put on Facebook that so the, me... uh, that is being claimed okay. persuaded voters to vote for me. We All know right. that 90% of their postings had nothing well, to look, do with the election. No, this is a BS Donald Trump doesn't want to anybody to slam doesn't think that anyone was persuaded campaign. to vote him wrong. Jill Stein just destroyed CNN right there. Because CNN will not report on the fact that the people who, that organization, the New Knowledge Network, that claimed that Jill Stein stole votes from Hillary Clinton and got Donald Trump elected, they don't want to talk about the fact that they used the same exact techniques in Georgia against Roy Moore, that they posed as Russian bots. So that they could and go, oh, look, look, uh, the, 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 the Russian bots are supporting Roy Moore. Uh, we, 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 we can't have this. This is going to destroy our democracy. They didn't, that, that reporter, you hear what she didn't say is, wait, they did what? Sorry, Jill Stein, they did what? You're saying that the same groups that were supposed to the policing disinformation use it? Tell us about that. That was not an interview. It was a hit job. That was a narrative control device. And that's what we're facing. And so we started the program by a mention, and now I want to get to this piece uh, from the psychologist who was on, uh, who wrote a piece in Fox News. Uh, this is Dr. Chloe Carmichael. Fox News uh, editorials. I'm a criminal, or pardon me, I'm a clinical psychologist. I see the Twitter files as the capstone of a riveting psychological experiment. Psychological studies suggest that humans have an innate sense of fairness and that it evolved to motivate social cooperation and healthy cooperation. Yet yeah, that's, it didn't evolve, just as an aside. It, this is very well explained by the Apostle Paul. It didn't evolve. Evolution is the, is the survival of the fittest. The survival of the fittest doesn't mean cooperation. It means domination. So right off the bat, let me just step in and correct that. That's, that's, evolution would not lead to cooperation, lead to domination. But back to the piece. Cooperation tends to work best when we communicate clearly. When we're able or unwilling to do so, we're more prone to passive-aggressive behaviors and what psychologists call acting out. Our problem-solving skills are also compromised. Twitter's secretive government-coordinated censorship of both opinion and factual truths compromised our sense of fairness and even our grasp on reality to the detriment of society. To understand why, consider these three psychological concepts, reality testing and gaslighting. One of the primary things a clinical psychologist assesses, assesses is a patient's connection to reality. Without it, a patient is vulnerable to profound distortions in their thoughts. Gaslighting the public about whether it was shadow banning certain accounts, such as a Twitter account belonging to Stanford professor Jay Bacharetta and many others like mine, still shadow banned. Twitter fiddled with our sense of reality and sense of fairness. Absolutely right. And the sense of reality, can we go back to it? A grapefruit is an orange if the grapefruit feels like an orange. 
and the making sure that people can't trust reality is to make them mentally ill. To separate them from reality is to make them mentally ill. That's what this psychologist is saying. Repression, suppression, and passive aggression. When we are unable or unwilling to address the disagreements through direct communication, we suppress our feelings or suppress or repress our feelings and may resort to passive aggressive acting out. Black and white thinking. For example, agreeing to a deadline we secretly think is unreasonable and then forgetting about it or stonewalling the boss. Verbally labeling our thoughts and feelings has been shown to reduce um, the amygdala activity. When we forego speech, we're more likely to be prone to fight or flight responses. What did we just talk about in this last election? I said it was the first limbic election. It was a fight or flight election. Consider how this applies to Twitter. When political dialogue was secretly skewed to favor one party, public debate and conversation were overtly and covertly suppressed, leaving many unwilling to engage for fear of cancellation by culture. Groupthink. This is another effect of what they're trying to create. Groupthink is the opposite of a free society. These are all things that were accomplished with the help of governments, and even when we knew it was going on, no one in the Mockingbird media said anything. Josh Hawley. Director Ray, let me start with you if I could. I think the last time that I got to visit with you was back in August, August 4th of this year. You were at the Senate Judiciary Committee. You remember that, I assume. We had to cut that hearing short. We were supposed to do two rounds of questions. You said you had to be somewhere, so we cut it short. Republicans were not able to ask a second round as we had been informed we would. The press reported shortly thereafter that the reason that the hearing had to be cut short is because you were flying on a Gulfstream jet for a personal vacation in the Adirondacks. Please tell me that's not accurate. Senator, the hearing was cut short, was not cut short from my experience. We had agreed beforehand on the time and, and, uh, and length of it, and my, I was very surprised to find that the, any man on the committee was surprised. Uh, as to how I uh, fly, I am required, not only uh, permitted, but required to fly uh, on uh, an FBI plane wherever I go. That's so, so you were going on vacation? I was, yes. So you left a statutorily required oversight hearing in order to go on a personal vacation in the Adirondacks? I took a flight to go visit my family, uh, as had been previously arranged in conjunction with the leadership of the committee. The ranking member, Chuck Grassley, asked you during the hearing, he said, I assume you must have other business. You said, yes. He then said, if you have a business trip, you've got your own plane, can't it wait a while? He then said, Chuck Grassley, we only just heard half an hour ago that now you have to leave. We were going to have a seven-minute round followed by a three-minute round. I've got seven people on my side of the aisle, that included me, who are waiting for this additional round. Is there any reason we can't accommodate them for 21 minutes? And that man runs an organization that censors, along with colleagues in the federal government, that is to this day... Literally this week, arresting people for trespassing on the Capitol lawn, people who didn't do anything violent, people who didn't vandalize anything. The truth can set us free. And what we need to understand is all that sense you had that something is wrong, 
God gave you that sense, and God was right. He's always right. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and remember a thank, a, a, a prayer of thanks to the Lord. Thank you, God, for giving us skepticism. Thank you, Father, for giving us the sense that something's not right. Thank you, Father, for the promise already fulfilled that they, unless they repent, will face your justice.